Hello, dear Starshines. Welcome, welcome, welcome to today's lunchtime chats. I'll give everybody a minute to get on board. For those of you who are new, my name is Christina and I'm an acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for us star seeds, way showers, and new paradigm visionaries. You see, we have capacities, we have abilities that is not um, embraced by our larger human family. And therefore, you know, our perspective of what's going on is very rarely addressed on the level that we see it. So I'm here to talk about those pieces and if I can offer a liberated perspective so we can continue to walk that path through these changing times uh, with sovereignty, with um, liberation, towards our liberation, right? So welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, dear sister Beverly, glad you're here. Um, go ahead, uh, guys, let me know you're here. Say hi. Um, it's always nice when, you know, we're all together. It feels like, you know, we're all connecting together to see what is to get flushed out of the collective this week. Hey, Tony, so glad to see you. Uh, so, you know, I don't really, there's a few, I guess what I feel moved to talk about um, are some stories, some very shocking stories that have been shared with me recently. And, uh, and I'm also happy to add, uh, to address any pieces that you guys have that um, you want me to jump in on the conversation. Hello, Spirit Neobound. Welcome, welcome. So glad you're here. Um, so people are waking up. People are waking up. I know we're saying this a lot, but I feel like you know, a lot of times things are happening and we don't actually see it, obviously, in the outside world that it's happening. Um, but what I'm talking about is that I'm seeing it in the external world happening. And I'm so, so uh, excited that um, the waking up is happening on the level that it's happening. Because it's not just a little bit waking up, right? It's like, like waking up, you know. Um, so a story that was shared with me by Dear Starshine was um, they were at a dinner of, you know, men and women, um, and there were about, I think they said about seven women there, and uh, there was a dawning moment in their conversation over dinner where one woman shared her story, um, an athlete, that, um, you know, ever since she... Um, got the uh the the gibbity jab that she hasn't had a period sent and then another woman overheard her saying that and she's like wait a minute me too and then another woman heard them talking about that so half the dinner i don't know about half but a portion large portion of the dinner was all these guys listening to these women go back and forth in this moment of discovering that absolutely all of them at that dinner table stopped their cycles after they um, did the Lakuka Racha Jibbity Jab. Now, the fact that that could even be a conversation in a dinner really is saying something. Because normally, I don't know if you guys have had this experience, normally in polite conversation or in a setting where everybody wants to enjoy themselves, they stay away from those kinds of topics completely. But the fact that this is became a center of the conversation is really saying something, you know. So I feel like these openings, these discoveries are happening more and more and more. 
and quite literally people, it's, it's starting to dawn on them exactly what levels are they're being impacted on that they weren't aware of before, you know? So these are seven random women that get together at a dinner of mutual social circles and they make a discovery like that. Wow, wow, wow. Um, and then, you know, there's other pieces that are coming forward that a lot of people are um, waking up to. And, and this is something we need to keep in mind that, and I think you guys probably have had this experience where you really believe something was a certain way and maybe life events were starting to challenge that a little bit, but we pushed it away because we really wanted to hold on to our idea about things. People do this all the time in friendships and relationships. You know, they really want to believe that the relationship is a certain way until, you know, you can't, until the experiences, the feelings mount up so much where finally, when you're ready to actually see it, when you're ready to actually admit it out loud, have the truth be known, you know, there's this painful, very painful letting go of what you thought was. It quite literally is a grieving experience. So on a collective level, people are waking up big time. But now there's all this intense inner grief to address. And grieving is a very interesting process. It's a very interesting process. The tendency, if people are really in touch with their emotions, the, the tendency is to, um, you know, cry it out, have, you know, put your finger on it over and over and over again, right? But there's a point in time where you get tired of that and you want to just move on. And there's, and there's another kind of tendency that's like the opposite spectrum where it's just, you know, move on and no, no contact with grief happens until it becomes an oh, something overwhelming and it just takes you over one day for whatever reason, maybe a stressful event happened, maybe you got some bad news, or maybe you got some really good news, and it, and it touched on, on something that, um, that you were grieving inside and not really paying attention to. So this waking up to truth is difficult, but it's also um, a magnificent opportunity for people to come into a different relationship with their emotions and what's happening. And this is great news for us empaths out there, right? Because now we have people actually able to acknowledge their feelings, able to, you know, it, yes, it's unpleasant feelings because it's in the, in the form of grief, but it's still happening. And it's one of those things where because the whole collective is in it, once the cork gets popped, it's just a current that just pours out, pours out, pours out. Ah, good morning, Laurel. So good to see you, darlings. Now, if there's anything that you guys, um, any topics that you guys want me to touch on, do put them in the comments. Um, like I was starting to say in the beginning, I, uh, I really haven't, um, I have really haven't been um, paying real close attention to, to what's going on in social media and stuff like that. And, and really tapping into the, um, you know, looking at what really needs to be talked about today. I've really been occupied in, in my own world and my own <laughs> my own stories, my own process of things. So um, I really have been paying a lot of attention to the outside world other than what you know happens to be a conversation um, brought to me. Um, but let, let's see. So so right. So the collective is having these openings. These kinds of conversations are reflecting that to me. 
And I imagine that, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more to come, a lot more conversations to come. Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. There is a, there is something here. So I don't know if you guys watched the, the censorship, censorship hearings that are going on. There's there's um, committee hearings going on um, about the uh, about the weaponization of government and censorship. So I watched the first day of um, RFK and the whole rest of the panel um, that was there to to discuss what they were there to discuss. And it was absolutely uh, the most intriguing presentation or most intriguing conversation that I heard in quite some time on a government level. And they started off with RFK who gave this really inspiring speech. He, he, I mean, he really, anybody with common sense and with a heart and, and was just listening to find out what they can find out. I mean, I, I believe that what he, what he said really touched people. And he talked a lot about, you know, um, the importance of having conversations with people that don't have the same opinion as you, the importance of opening dialogues so you you can understand how people who think about things very differently than you can, so you can understand how they are. And he cited all these examples of that his uncles um, set in, because his whole family is in government. It wasn't just um, it wasn't just his um, his dad and his uncle. It was like he had many many different family members in government, senators and whatnot. And um, and he talked about how there were really heated issues, and his uncle would invite the opposition and his and their family over for dinner, and they would have like um, an intense conversation and stuff like this. And so he cited all these examples of what it looks like, what kinds of things are how we benefit from having conversations with people who think differently than we do, and how important it is and vital it is to grow as a community, and how important it is for leaders to. In the, to be in that example so we can bust through barriers and that it's really valuable for leaders to treat oppositions or treat everybody um, and humans too, of course, um, treat their neighbors with dignity and respect and, and be um, open and, and kind and respectful to one another, even though you might be on opposite sides of an opinion. So he gave this really cool opening speech and was really inspiring and uplifting and it's like yeah let's you know if you imagine what a government is when when people treated each other with dignity and respect and like without skipping a beat as soon as he was done a chairperson said um stepped right in and said everything he said was absolutely racist and this and that and she wants to table everything that he has to say and take it into a private committee conversation so they they quite literally and then and then they were backed up by all the democrats on the on the panel and of course all the republicans were the opposite and it was like absolutely partisan on both sides it was the most it was the most atrocious moment in that whole um, setting because it was clear no one cares about the truth. Everybody just cares about their agenda. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like his presence in this divided, um, in this divided uh, room, house system just really shows how dysfunctional and how disrespectful and unhuman a lot of the behaviors are. 
And I feel like that's, you know, that's part of a major reason why the networks do not want to have a respectful conversation with him or want to truly present him in the, in the, in context of the, of the things that he says, it's really amazing. So later on that, that night, or might've been the next day, it was the next day. Um, I was seeing, I wanted to see with the news footage, like how were they covering what he said and wouldn't you know it, Everybody chopped it up to serve whatever their whatever their their particular um, agenda was. You know, the the CNN made him look like you know a crazy person, and you know, very completely um, invalidated everything he had to say. And then, of course, you know, you get take news organizations like The Hill, and um, there there are some other alternative news news organizations that you know pre presented it even you know according to their narrative. So it was really a wonderful experience to see it live as it was happening, have my own thoughts and feelings about the whole panel and what they had to present, and then see how the media twist and turn, twist and, and distorts what people said to fit their particular narrative. So I think it's really, really um, great for us to see this so we can understand every, so on a, you know, even on a deeper level, we can understand everything that we're seeing in the news. It's all about the program. It's not about conveying truth at all. It's about them manipulating the, the sound bites to fit what the given narrative is, what the given agenda is. It's because the agenda is not to inform people. The agenda is to is to program people into having certain attitudes. So I'm I'm saying this so maybe you guys can um, have an interesting conversation with friends and family. Maybe they're really polarized in the left or the right or whatever, and you can say, hey, well let's let's do this experiment. Listen to this testimony, the string of testimonies, and now let's listen to because it's live or you know uncut. You can get it uncut, and now let's listen to what the news media has to say about that. Now you know how you think and feel and what you're getting from it. Now let's see what the news media has to say about that. What a, an amazing way to highlight the juxtaposition. So um, I know there aren't a lot of opportunities to do stuff like that, to, to outline these to our loved ones. But if we really, you know, um, care about our community and our family or feel like, you know, we are there for a reason, this is, you know, a piece, a tool that we can really take this moment to illustrate our point about the news all being lies, all being lies. I had this interesting post where a guy posted, and he's a medicine man, which really kind of shocking, maybe not kind of, well, self-proclaimed medicine man, we can say. Anyway, he's a white guy. Uh, he posted this interesting post about all the so all the journalists, all the economists, all the historians, uh, um, it was pretty much making a comment how they all set this stuff in line and here and, and no one wants to listen to them. But here we have, I think it was reference to Trump. Now we have this reality TV star full of lies and corruption and la, 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 la. Right. And it's like, wait a minute. We all know that history is written by historians. History is written by the winners. So that's not really the truth, the histor the historical what we call historical facts, not the truth. And the example I gave is that how we portray the indigenous in our history books. We we portray them as um, as you know uh, primitive, you know, not not um, intellectual, not smart. Like we they're presented in this certain way, so we have all this idea that you know. 
um, that we we were bringing, we were in, the coming, the colonization was something that was bringing good stuff to them, which we all know is not true, right? But what we don't realize is that you know we were taught this certain to look at them in a certain way, primitive, um, no tech, no technology, all this stuff. But really, they and it's been proven that they have mindfully spent thousands and thousands of years cultivating the uh the places for wildlife and for certain kinds of plants to flourish like they burned grasslands to fertilize the seeds they they created grazelands for the buffalo that they hunted they planted uh plants in deserts and other places on top of really deep aquifers so it's like there was a deep innate wisdom that's completely lost in the colonized mind that uh, that provided a, um, you know, abundance and nourishment for all of nature. You know, that's not talked about in our history books. You know, it's not talked about how the many poor indigenous um, communities have better knowledge of the stars and the star people than we do. I mean, people act like humanity had no idea that Uranus existed until 1970s. Well, you know what? The Babylonians knew about it. The Egyptians knew about it. You know what I mean? All these ancient cultures knew about it. How did they know about it? But it, it goes against this idea that they are primitive. So that gets so that kind of history gets completely left out of our story. And then it goes on to journalists. Like, do we really believe journalists are telling us the truth? Right? Nowadays, definitely not. Um, an economist, that's another another big story. Um, Benjamin Fulford is the one that blew the, the top off of that back in the 90s. I don't know if you guys are old, or for those of you that are around in the 90s and, and knew this or was exposed to alternative news back then. You know, he was an economist or economy, economy journalist in Hong Kong. And pretty much he just called it right out. If they wanted to stock a uh, stock to tank, if they wanted a company to fail, they would release some kind of hit piece article on that company, how it's failing, why it's failing and all this stuff. And then everybody would pull their money out of the stock and the stocks would tank, <laughs> you know? So it's like, he pretty much showed how easy it was for the powers to be to manipulate the stock market so they can buy low and sell high. And it's a common practice. You know, and then he revealed this, this in the 90s. What, I think it was 99, 98, something like this. He was talking about this. And of course, you know, but that goes against the program. So it's, but now it's surface. Now it's here. We realize it's all manipulation. It's all about, you know, formulating, keeping the, the structure going, keeping the, the control system going. And I'm here to tell you, oh, thank you, Bev. I'm gonna, I'm gonna totally get to that. Um, but I'm, I'm here to tell you guys, and many of you guys already feel this going on in your body and probably even in your dream times that these structures are falling. Many star seeds, empaths, intuitive psychics, we are having downloads about the fall of these structures. It is so close now that, that it's quite literally hanging on by a thread. The only reason why it's in place is because certain powers that be are holding it in place. And of course, the people who are terrified and believe that it's going to be total, you know, anarchy, Mad Max reality once it falls away. But that is a lie. It's That's not how it works. The net, human nature is not what we're taught. We're not just going to go and kill each other. Yes, there's. There, I'm sure there will be some criminal elements in all that. But when you get to the nuts and bolts of community, people rally. When there's major tragedies, humans rally. 
you know, communities rally. I remember I was in, I lived in um, Boulder County. Well, yeah, Boulder County when the great, that flood came, it was like, they called it the hundred year flood and it rained and rained and rained and it washed out. The rivers overflowed, overflowed, washed out homes. I mean, people were without power for weeks or people stuck in the mountains because the roads washed away and there was only one way in and one way out. You know, there's a lot of stuff that got destroyed in my neighborhood. I was lucky enough that, you know, the water, the water stopped, you know, just a few feet below the flood point for, for my, for where we lived. But, um, but, you know, the neighbors that were on the edge of the neighborhood, they all got, they were all flooded. Now, up until then, the only neighbors that really knew each other were the ones with dogs, because we would meet each other walking our dogs and we would talk and, you know, have a little chit chat. And then this flood happened. And when you know it, all the neighbors got together. We we helped each other empty, you know, empty the basements, you know, that got flooded and clean. And you know what I mean? Everybody rallied and helped each other out. That's really what happens when terrible things come to come to pass is that the human spirit rises and we help each other out because that's our true nature. Our true nature is not raping and pillaging like we're told. You know, I feel like all these post-apocalyptic movies are just reinforcing the program to us. If the system falls, this is what you have to look forward to. <laughs> you know, that's not necessarily true. All right, let's get to Beverly. She says, TV was on in the background and on TMZ, the mainstream entertainment channel, they were talking about UFO sightings and supporting the validity of it. Yay. Yes, yes, yes. So, and it's very interesting because we're getting mixed signals TMZ entertainment, right? Entertainment channel. But, uh, but then when you, uh, only when it's an approved narrative, will you actually see that on a CNN or a Fox or an ABC or, you know, uh, what we call legacy media, you know, it's like, uh, and if it's, if, and if it's not in that a- approved soundbite, they dismiss and, and, uh, pretty much gaslight the whole idea of, of aliens, you know? There was a wonderful news clip that talked about star seeds. It was a mainstream, but it was a local channel that talked about star seeds. And the and the um, and the anchors went on and it's like, where are these star seeds? I don't see them. You know what I mean? And 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 it's like, of course you don't, because you're you're inundated in the in the in the matrix. You know, you gotta like lift your head out of the out of the crap to actually see the beauty that's really around us, right? So it's very, very interesting how, how this whole mix comes together. Um, all right. Young trick named Jim says, as my partner says, they are the powers that were, ah, versus the powers that be. Yes. The powers that were, yes, yes, yes. So we had a very interesting, um, dream. Uh, well, actually the dream work is always very interesting, but very recently we had a, um, a series of dream shares that were, very telling and in in the in the in the pattern of it is is the this this really strong sense that all the moving parts are preparing themselves for the next big collapse of control system you know and not only is there a collapse of this control system this infrastructure energetic infrastructure that's been supporting these false control systems which they they have to be supported interdimensionally or they literally can't exist here in this realm right so and and those interdimensional let's say maybe scaffolding we can call it is falling away and we're all feeling it 
But what was really cool is that one in one of the shares was she, the, the one sharing this part of the dream, she was very aware of, we'll, we'll say, bodhisattvas, Buddhas, beings of the God realm, so to speak, just pouring forward. And in, in, in her dream, it was through her pouring forward compassion and um, purification. So we are not alone in this. So I think it's helpful for all of us to be aware that there is a collapsing happen and we're not forsaken by any means. There are legions upon legions upon legions of beings that have a very strong invested interest interdimensionally in supporting us and taking the next step into whatever the new structure is that we're creating. And there are many people creating it. Okay. So here um, I'm in Mexico here in Mexico, there are visionaries here that are building off grid communities, the number one order of business, food sovereignty, right? So they, you know, the gardens got planted years ago. This vision has been going on for, for in some cases, for decades. And they're, they're well-developed communities. Who knows about these communities? Only the people involved in them, really. And, and so there's like, there's, you know, several, I'll, I'll say, well, maybe not several, a dozen off-grid communities around here that are growing their own food, living off the grid. You know, people are in the world doing their thing, but they're coming back and cultivating this community. And this is happening all over the place. So in a lot of ways, the infrastructure for, you know, the infrastructure that need the, am I saying that right? In, in infra, infrastructure, that's the word. That's why I'm saying the infrastructure is already being handled. It's already being built to really support humanity as this stuff falls away. And we, we are told about starvation and all this stuff. And it could be true, definitely in the cities. But when in the country, that's not the case because there are people who have been stockpiling food, stock, you know, canning. There's And when you have a huge, like acres of um, permaculture garden, there's more food than people know what to do with. So if people didn't waste their food and people shared, you know what I mean? There would be enough for everybody and then some. But that's not convenient to the narrative. So that kind of idea is not the reality for people until it is. Because it's all a psyop that of, you know, we need the system to survive. We need them. We need this structure. We need um, monoculture farming. We need, you know, we need uh, all these drugs. We need all these chemicals because that's what keeps us healthy. Not true. Not true at all. You know? We do not need all these chemicals. These chemicals are quite literally killing and throwing our ecosystem off balance. Okay, the whole glute, the, the whole um, glutophosphate narrative. Holy crap. If people really understood what truly the detrimental, the damage that's being done to our environment from that alone, you know, people would stop. The numbers are there. The research is there. But the structures, the power of structures, can't acknowledge it because the very governing agencies that's supposed to, you know, regulate these are infested with their own people. They're all invested in these companies. They're all making money. So they don't want anything like that to change. But it is. It's all changing because these interdimensional infrastructures are not propping it up anymore. This is quite literally a system that is against cosmic order. 
and it has to be supported interdimensionally. And once that falls away, there's nothing to support it in this here and now, it crumbles. That's just how, how these nesting dolls work. And this is why I encourage everybody to really work with your dream time. You can quite literally dream the life you want into being. You just have the courage. You just have to have that courage to dream and really know that level of yourself. And once you do, it's, it's a whole new ballgame, right? All right, Young Trick says, the person revealing the UFO info in the congressional hearing yesterday had expressed written permission, had expressed written permission from the DOD to reveal that info that he did. I think it's a PSYOP. Yes. And for many psychic intuitives and like us and people who have contact experiences, I mean, I've, I've had ET, many ET contact experiences. I'm sure you guys have too in different ways. Um, sometimes it's dream time. Sometimes it's through abduction kind of experience. Sometimes it's being out in nature. I mean, there's so many different ways that it can happen. Um, I've actually had ships come to me like they look like a star in the sky, but I know very clearly it's a ship <laughs> and they're like talking to me <laughs> in that light. You know, that's I mean, it's it's really difficult for a normal human to understand that kind of experience. For, but for us, it's like, oh, yeah, that's how it works. Right. I actually had a ship come to me to tell me. That it's a that it's time to bring the group that I was with to a Stargate that we were um, we had am uh, in mind to visit you know but but these things you know the energy and the spirit has to be in the right time so getting back to the psyop thing so the psyop this is true they want to the 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 psyop is here this is the whole goal of the psyop is to paint a certain picture of extraterrestrials so they can manipulate the masses to give up certain levels of their control, um, certain levels of their sovereignty for the sake of peace on earth. Because the idea is, is that the human leaders are going to drive us towards total annihilation through war. And we need these benevolent ETs to, to be here to bring peace to the masses. And the people are so hungry for peace, especially the people that are in places that are war-torn. I mean, you guys, it's, you know, in America, there's the level of privilege you guys don't even understand. You know, there are there are cities that bear the, the marks of the scars of war that happened decades ago, you know, like huge rounds in these buildings. I mean, I went to Sarajevo in 2019 still shot up the city is still you can see where you know there were sniper nests you can see where tanks were shooting i mean you can still see all of that even though it was it was in 90 was 94 when when that happened this was 2019 so you can just imagine the the scars that are left from war you know um go, going to holland was another great example um rotterdam was completely flattened by um by hitler and that was really what bent the bent Holland to the will of the Germans was they didn't want another of their cities to be destroyed like that. And of course, so, you know, that whole narrative um, played out. So, you know, war is an awful, awful business. And the only people that benefit from war are the people in charge. The, the, the profiteers, you know, it's all the people who are invested in those investment groups that make weapons, that uh, the gas and oil diesel industry, right? 
the people that um, that are fighting the war and the, or the people who are there to um, reap the benefits. They like Iraq. Iraq got completely looted by people in high levels of government. Their their museums looted. Their um, their treasuries were looted. Okay, like the amount of gold that was taken out of Iraq because it was completely destroyed. Who do you think got that? Nobody talks about it. Nobody's asking, right? Because they want it that way. So these, so war is a great way to put people into a position where they're willing to give up things, okay? And if you couple that with this experience that the entire system is collapsing and we're all going to starve and millions are going to die and, and it's just going to be death and suffering, you know, uh, then of course people are going to accept uh, a narrative like this where the where the Galactic Federation comes down, offers to feed all the hungry, bring peace in exchange for A, B, C, and D, right? And 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 people are going to accept that. So that's that's what I believe the PSYOP is going towards is to frame it up where people are um, are ripe to be taken advantage of. And this and there's this whole idea that you know we are um, susceptible to beings with more advanced technologies. And the thing is we are, but it's not anything new. It's something that has incepted the consciousness of this planet hundreds of thousands of years ago, y'all, <laughs> for real. You know, the fall of Atlantis is a false timeline. That's a timeline that was implanted within the timeline realities of this planet, of this realm, okay? Now, I, I mean, just sit back for a second and think about that. Go all the way back to the history that's been told to us about the Orion War. Now, remember what I said about history is always written by the winners? Who do you think benefits from the Orion War timeline? Right? So time is not set in stone. It's not. Time, as uh, Doctor Who would say, is, is a wibbly-wobbly... <laughs> Uh, not of goo, <laughs> you know, that's really how time is. We experience linear time as an arrow going through the air because that's what our consciousness can, this is how our consciousness can have a relationship to it. But time is fluid. So that means certain, um, so when you change timelines, the here and now energy changes and the history that led up to that here and now also changes. Okay, so when you are radically shifting timelines, the history that makes you who you are via soul's journey, but also via your birth in this plane and all the you know experiences and conditionings you had from, from your upbringing and your ancestors, all that changes when you, shift, when you have a radical timeline shift. So that means that there is a reality out there, folks, where there is no... Orion War. There's no Orion War. There's a timeline that's out there like that. And there's also a timeline where the, the consciousness of Atlantis never fell. Think about that one for a minute. Now, the reason why this is so important is because all of this out here in the cosmos is our history. It's where we've come from. It's what informs our here and now, even though our conscious mind can't touch it. It informs us via the elemental intelligence that makes up this biosuit. 
you know, science has shown to us that the elemental compounds that make up this biosuit quite literally came from the belly of stars, of nebulas. We have our elemental intelligence goes all the way back to its cosmic origin. This is why we call star seeds star seeds, because there's something in our encodement that allows our consciousness to source from the star consciousness that our biosuit came from. Not, you know, not just the soul's journey stuff, but the actual biosuit, the DNA. Okay. So imagine if the cosmology of your being, the DNA, had no record of the Orion War, had no record of the AI invasion, had no record of the um of the um, the uh, Draco agenda to hijack dragon DNA and manipulate it into warmongering, uh, power over dynamic realities. Imagine. Now, it's possible for us to connect into those timelines. And it's possible because of the indigenous masters that held on to the ancient wisdom. Okay, they held on to this wisdom against all odds. If you think about it, I mean, think about the level of hunting that has happened to our indigenous elders still happening today with our indigenous elders, the ones that are really making a huge impact and real leaders of their people. You know, they're they get murdered all the time, especially here, Central Central South America. They are targeted because, you know, they are really potent leaders and the reason why these leaders are showing up well there's many reasons but i really feel like there's a massive vacuum for real leadership and people know a real leader when they see it right and they will follow it because what else do they have to choose from more division more uh manipulation you know so so indigenous leaders elders keepers of this knowledge in 90, I think it was 92, we're given the indication now's the time to start releasing the teachings because it was going to take that long to get the colonized mind out of the poison matrix and even capable of recognizing the times of what's happening right here and right now. Um, my indigenous teachers taught us how to have a preferred timeline inform us in the here and now. And it was in the context of healing oneself from incurable diseases. And one of the stories was a dear friend that, um, uh, you know, he was healing his life and changed everything about it, meant the love of his life. And then two weeks later was diagnosed with a malignant brain tumor and he was supposed to be dead in a couple of weeks, you know. So they went to work into how, how to get him on a timeline where he was going to live longer. And they did. It succeeded. He lived for, I think, another 10, 15 years. Okay, with the love of his life. So, so these mechanisms, these techniques have been taught to the colonized mind, the taught to us outsiders for many, many years. And it's gotten so digested where the younger generations, I guess I'm, I include, yeah, I'm including myself in the younger generations. We have a clear um, idea of how to work with changing timelines what it feels like to have them crumble, what it looks like to actually purposely navigate these timelines, right? 
this is waking up to that 4D. Now, of course, we've awoken far beyond that, but now we have a practical application of how to manipulate the 4D to give us the experiences we truly want, right? So, um, so you know, there's things like that that is really what is saving, I want to say saving humanity from their total demise is the, the work and dedication of the keepers of old, you know, these indigenous keepers that kept alive these mystery school teachings, um, you know, to great cost of themselves and their family. Um, the Hopi are another another tribe that are very good at holding on to their their treasures. Uh, there, there's layers within the Hopi lands that no outsiders ever go to, ever. And it's because they want to keep the field intact. Because as soon as you get someone who is in those collective um, uh, matrix mindsets, it, it's like a poison within their field. It starts to shut down their field. And I, there's an example of this is, hey, you guys ever notice when you're with certain people, it's really easy, like your psychic abilities are really like right there. It's so easy to talk on, on different levels, to share data sets. And like, say you're talking about dreams, it's so easy. And as you're talking about things, you're having realizations that because that, that's because that person's field is open. That person's field is expanded and capable of holding these abstract data sets. Now, if you take yourself out of that situation and put yourself in a situation of people who are very into the matrix, it's like you can barely get the words out. And not only do you, you barely get the words out, it doesn't actually go anywhere. It's just like, wah, wah, wah. Okay. It's because the, their field cannot accommodate these frequencies that we're operating on and that we're speaking on. Their field can't, can't accommodate. So when you take someone with a field like that into a, a um, highly cultivated, expanded field, it, it, you know, it cancels it out or it starts to work like a poison. And very recently, we all saw how overlays, we're going to say lies, the narrative lies, but also these overlays that are projected mentally, emotionally on collectives of people, then also on individual levels. We grow up in that and we and we adapt to it by weaving that energy into our, our very field. It's, in, it's woven into our bodies. So even when we are not in that environment anymore, that environment, the frequency of that environment is still alive inside of us until it's not, right? Yet another reason why all of this work that's been brought forward by um, the uh, ancient keepers of this realm is so priceless to us starseeds. It's like without that knowledge, you know, we would, we would not, I don't imagine us having a very easy time because there, there's no reference, there's no root, but they quite literally provide the roots and they're deep roots. They're not just roots that have only been around for a few decades. It's roots that have been around for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. So we have a really strong, as starseeds, as uh, multidimensionals, we have a really strong foundation energetically for us to open up to ourselves on these levels. So I'm deeply, deeply grateful for all that work that they've done. And I, and I imagine that the, the young ones that, that are waking up will also realize that they're able to do those things that they're doing because of those that have come before them doing the work that they've done.
um, <clears throat> the powers that be versus the powers that were. That's a good way to think about it. Um, for those of us on that cutting edge, it's definitely were. I also feel like that, you know, we are tuned into these frequencies and we are embodying them so completely that we create a lot of stability for the collective as they face these truths that are shocking and, and, and face the grief of having to say goodbye to what was, you know, what, what they really thought was the reality. So it's like us being who we are and in the energy that we're in, we're quite literally pillars to to that next level of consciousness for them to grow into. This makes sense the way I'm saying it. All right. Welcome, welcome, Lavana. Yippee, I made it for the lunchtime chat finally. Ah, from California. Welcome from California. How is California these days? Um, I heard news from a friend that moved from here um, in Tulum to L.A. And I was really kind of shocked. I'm like, wow, how does that work? Because that, that's a big culture shock here. Everything is. Yeah, I don't see it being in, in congruency with L.A., but I don't know. I never go to California, so I'm not really sure. I'd love to hear about how California is these days. Um. Yeah, there's not a, there's I don't hear a lot of good news, but then again, I don't really pay attention to news that much. I only hear little snippets, you know, little snippets here. And it's usually a conspiracy, something, an alternative news, something. <laughs> and it's usually not good when they talk about California. Um, oh, I do have a dear friend uh, trying to get out of California, actually. Um, yeah, it's interesting how these. Um, these narratives get tested out in certain regions first before they're spread across the country. And I feel like California is kind of like the testing ground for a lot of these narratives and the ones that really take root or the ones that really get traction. Those are the ones that get spun to spun to the rest of the, the rest of the um, country. It's like it has to colonize somewhere first. Right. And then hot and sexy bees and blossoms. Woohoo. Nice. <laughs> well, that is great news. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. So there's an interesting movement here. Um, talking about testing grounds, right? There are pockets in the, all these different countries. Some of them are Guatemala. We have, um, I don't know, I don't hear much about Belize, but definitely Mexico, Chile, Argentina. Um, there's pockets in Africa. And I believe there's there's two colonies, I'll call them, I heard about in Australia, where people are building these alternative communities. And they have it really dialed in of what it looks like and what's possible. And something that has been missing in the communities in the past, have, it's like that. It's been realized now what it is. And what it's very important. Uh -oh. Here we are. We're back. Woohoo. Sorry for that. <laughs> it's Mexico. What can I say? Uh, so what's really what's the, the missing piece of why these communities have fallen apart in the past has been realized. And what, and what this is, is 
connection, how to build connection within the community. And it's not just, oh, now we're really connected. Now we're going to live our lives. No, it's a constant coming back as a tribe, constant coming back and reminding each other who we are, what's real, you know, doing the real inner work together as a community, as a tribe. That really is what brings people together. And it's like the, the colonized mind has finally woken up to that piece because uh, I, I recently, I saw this on Instagram of all places, a dear brother Starshine who has a vision here that's unfolding just outside of town. Um, I won't say where, but uh, there, that's something that that's, that's something that they're discovering is that we need, they have like weekly meetings of men coming together and doing deep sharings. And, and the sisterhood is operating a little bit differently, but they are still coming together and having deep sharings. And then they come together as um, men and women coming together and, and doing these really deep, these deep um, sharing truth being seen kind of exercises so when there is an issue, it, it doesn't poison the whole community. It gets revealed, spoken about, processed, and everybody shows up for it. And then it's no big thing. It's like the wisdom and the strength that comes from tribal culture. And I don't mean tribal in the way the, the, the mainstream media has weaponized that word. They, they, call it, they use it in a very negative way. But in, when you're working with these alternative communities, this is, it's like the secret has finally been realized that this is how you keep the tribe close. And this is how you keep the tribe together is to do this inner work together all the time. And it's not just, you know, twice a year, it's, you know, weekly coming together, working it out, coming together, working it out. And quite literally the people that are not sincere in what they say they want or how they're going to show up, they fall out very quickly because there's no room for anything to fester. There's no room for falsehoods to fly because only the truth will do. And the truth is, is that there is a vision that everybody feels passionate about. And in this pursuit of passion, it brings up people's issues, people's fears, people's um judgments there you know what i mean all the things all the programming that goes against living this way comes up and it's as a tribe that you work it through it's not just a me thing and not anybody else's problem it's no there's a problem throwing your energy off throwing your your ability to show up off now let's all get together as a tribe and work it out because each and every person matters each and every person has a valuable role everybody's valued that's the, that's the deeper gift within a tribe, a tribal consciousness. Everybody has a role that's valuable. There's no one that's irrelevant. Nobody. Everybody has a role. And that sense of belonging is so nurturing to the soul, so nurturing to the soul. And this is really, I think, that a lot of people are hungry for. This is why I think a lot of people are depressed or feel irrelevant or, you know what I mean, really have problems with drugs and porn and all that stuff is because they're, there's, they have no value anywhere. Now imagine if you had, you know, 30 people that you knew instantly that valued you in how you roll, how you show up, how you joke around, how you work, you know what I mean? How you come, come together. It's like, imagine in your life where that was really a major facet to it that was a pillar to your 
you realizing your purpose, you realizing happiness, you having peace and contentment, having a life of value. So uh, we're discovering it. This infrastructure is coming into place very quickly. And because these groups are so dedicated, they're so dedicated, you know, they're doing it. They're, they're doing it. I'm sure there's many, many more colonies, many, many more off-grid communities or awakened communities that are also doing this than what I know of. I only know of a few from my travels because I seek those things out. And it's not like a lot of these people are not on the internet. A lot of them, you know, some of them, some of them are very tech savvy, but some are completely off-grid, you know, with no computers. And, you know, they have a phone for the, for the tribe, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So, so it's happening, guys. It's happening. So as these things fall away, it's going to be clearer on where the beacons are. You know, it's going to be much clearer on where the beacons are and where you can go. And the fact is, Pachamama, Mother Earth, is never going to stop creating life. Yes, ecosystems can and do get destroyed. Species can and do go extinct. But they're always replaced by new growth, by new life. Scientists talk about there are uh, hundreds of brand new species born, discovered, whatever, how you want to call that, every year. Hundreds of brand new species discovered every year. So we need to keep that in mind. And that the way things work in the 3D is not what we're taught. It's very different than that. There's all these nesting dolls. There's these interdimensional infrastructures that support certain creations, support certain levels of our reality. So creating entirely new ecosystems, right? Creating new species, creating, um, you know, new ways to have a DNA dance within a biosuit. All of this is supported in these nesting dolls of energetic infrastructure. So uh, I'm hoping that this will really encourage you guys to stay strong and focused on what the real truth is. And, you know, deep, deep, I'm saying this because it's the outer nesting doll, but deep, deep, deep inside that, yes, things are going crazy and chaotic, but yes, you have a right place in all this and you have a role in all this, right? There are uh, avenues of action and movement that go somewhere better than what's falling away. When I say better, I mean closer to the truth of our authentic nature, which is we are all sacred children. We are all sacred children of, um, of sacred mother, sacred father. You can say father sky and mother earth. We are all sacred children of those forces, our biosuits, right? Um, yeah. This this whole idea of this whole idea of the planet has too many people on it and that humans are a cancer on this planet, that is a narrative given to us by the system by the system that has been for so long. That's not the truth. The truth is if everybody took care of their own backyard, if everybody took care of their own people, if everybody was in charge of the region, the health and wellness of the region upon which they live, there is more abundance than 
there's more abundance that can support everybody. We do not need to eliminate millions, if not billions of people. The structure that's not in alignment with cosmic, um, with cosmic nature, that is what the poison is. That is the, the thing that makes us turn us, invert us into a cancer in this reality, a cancer on the, into nature. But as soon as we take that structure away and we are faced with being responsible for the cultivation of our own food, being responsible for the cultivation of our own young ones, being responsible for the cultivation. Oh, shoot, my phone's across the room. Uh, I'm just going to let it ring. Um, for our own health and wellness, then it would, it's a very different dynamic. We are meant to be caretakers of this reality. We are meant to work with the earth. We are meant to work with nature. We are a part of nature. And when we work with it, we create amazing, amazing things. Not unlike the indigenous from thousands of years ago, or even hundreds of years ago. That story I told you about the, the, um, the burning of the grasslands and cultivating vast grazing habitats for the buffalo and the planting of certain foods over aquifers, that was a wisdom shared by a Dene woman from the Hopi tribe. Live and well right now, I think she's in her 30s when she gave that talk. And, you know, so this isn't ancient, ancient history that I'm talking about. This is very here and now uh, awarenesses that groups of people have. They're just not given a voice. Well, until they are, of course, right? So community is where it's at right now. Do everything you can to build your tribe, build the connections with the people you need to connect with, people who feed your soul, people who inspire you, people who share similar values as you, okay? This is the key to making it through that next layer of chaos, that next layer of PSYOP, okay? Have a solid community where you guys really hold a strong space for each other, and one that everybody really cares about, and you are able to create bonding experiences with each other, because that that's the way. That's absolutely the way to, to make it through, because none of us are an island. We might think sometimes it's easier to be an island, but ultimately it's to our own detriment. We are naturally interconnected with all life which means our outer reality needs to, for, for us to be true within ourselves, needs to be in alignment with that, right? So I hope this was helpful, These the pieces that I talked about. Um, uh, let's see. If there are any topics or issues that you really want me to talk about, I encourage you guys to send... Um, you know, put comments in these different videos because I because I do go through the comments and so does Beverly and, and she reports, um, you know, ones back to me uh, to talk about. So um, if I don't catch it myself. So if, you, if there's anything that you really want me to talk about, do put it. Oh, no. Do put it in the um, in the comments and we'll get to it. Also, I want to let everybody know that our 101 core curriculum is open for enrollment. This is empathic empowerment training. So this is how to get command of your energy field, how to stay strong and centered within your being so you can truly be empowered as you face the challenges that we have today. 
All right, darlings, that's it for me. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I will catch you guys next week. Hope you guys make it a great week. Until next time, mwah, lots of love. Bye-bye.